What's going on, everyone? It's the commissioner here. Wanted to let you all know that we have a great episode in store for you all today. But before we do that, we have something that we got to take care of. Tonight is a very big night for the summit and for our Houston Rockets. Our first Houston Rockets watch party of the year is going to take place. That's right. Tonight, join us at Ingenious Brewing on 1986 South Houston Avenue in Humble, Texas. It's going to be a vibe. It's going to be amazing and fun. I'm telling you guys right now, Ingenious Brewing is such a dope spot. We're so proud to have our first watch party of the year over there. And check it out. We are going to have our special small batch brew. That's right, guys. The Summit Red Alert beer is going to be exclusive just for this occasion. Special small batch beer brought to you by Ingenious Brewing, brought to you by The Summit. We're so excited to get this out to y'all, so please join us tonight. We start at 7 p.m., game time at 7.30, Rockets versus Pelicans. It's going to be a vibe. It's going to be so much fun. We're really looking forward to it. So we'll see you guys tonight at Ingenious Brewing. Meet us there, and of course, meet us at The Summit. You're listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. I feel like I fit I fit right in, you know what I'm saying, with my defense, my versatility, with me being able to play the five, me being able to play the four. Overall, playing hard and just my, my, my will to win will. No, that's a fact. That's a fact. We got yeah, a lot of young talent, um, a lot of guys that's wanting to be a great team. We all got the mentality to do it, so, yeah, it's going to happen sooner than later. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. What is going on, everyone? You are listening to The Summit, State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Step Backs, and everything Houston Rockets presented to you by the Apollo Podcast Network. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny, and of course with me as always is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. Follow my brother on Twitter at JP underscore Mirabueno. Follow myself at Summit Commish. Follow our show and podcast at Summit SOM Pod, and of course, follow the media company at Apollo NBA and at Apollo H-O-U. GM, we just witnessed another loss. Hiza, my dream. We were, we, of, we were right there, right at the lip of the cup. The dream, of, 70, the dream of 73 <laughs> and nine is dead. The dream of 72 and, 10, and 10 lives on. <laughs> <laughs> How's everything? How are you doing today? Oh, man, it was it, it was good. It was it, I, I enjoyed watching the game. Unfortunately, we came up short, but we'll get into that soon enough. Um, um, but yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, you know what? I, you know, I should have looked prior to recording, but like we have not had a guest on. It maybe oh, it's been well. I think the last guest may have been Matt Thomas or a month and a half. Two months. Wow. Oh no, Has two, it been two, two and a half months? months. It's been since Ooh. August, mid August. Was it Matt? It's got to be Matt. I gotta, I gotta do my research. Remember. I'll do my research when it comes anymore. along. But obviously, look, we're gonna bring on a very special guest here. We, yeah, we had to. Had to bring our boy on one time. I want to give him a proper intro, obviously. So, you know, we met him, obviously, when we went through and entered Apollo. When we joined the media company, Apollo. We met this guy one time. One of the, honestly, hands down, like, we've only known each other for, like, a limited time, but already one of the coolest dudes that that we've met. I'm just being real. I'm just being real. I'm going to give my guys flowers. Apollo Stoney, a.k.a. Stoney at the Summit. Stoney, how you doing today, man? What's up, boys? I'm I'm happy to be here. Happy to talk some basketball. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Talk rock, talk basketball, but you know we were talking baseball for like what a good month. It it was a it was a long six weeks there. 
October a, into November, yes. it gearing up for October, end of September into the first week of November. And then I lost my voice for a solid five days after the World Series. Stoney, did you feel like did you feel like you aged? Did you feel like you aged watching that series? Like watching the whole playoffs? <laughs> Maybe the Seattle series more so than any other. That I, I think that was the most troublesome time I had, and it was mm-hmm. three games, and one of them lasted two full games. If you're an Astros fan, you, you paid attention. They went 18 innings in game three. I was in um, Miami at the time, so it's Eastern time. So the game starts an hour later. I'm already, like, exhausted because I already just endured two horrific heart palpitation type of games, and Jordan won both of them for us, basically. But game three, I'm just sitting there at dinner. Like I started watching the game at probably an hour and a half before we left for dinner. It's like a 45 minute to drive to dinner. And then you you're at dinner for like two hours. I got back to the condo after another 45 minute drive and continued to watch the game for seemingly another four hours. It was an 18 <laughs> inning game. Like Your commitment. I, I had a full commitment. day and I watched one baseball game and it lasted <laughs> 18 innings and Jeremy Pena, the hometown kid, the, the hero of the playoffs. Yeah. It, that month was exhausting, to say the least. Um, I'm, I'm kind of glad that we have a little bit of a break from baseball right now, and I get to just watch every basketball game under the sun, and then Sundays are completely devoted to my Dolphins. But other than that, yeah, it, it was fun. The Astros won a World Series. The, y'all got to experience it in Houston. It was, uh, it was a blast to see all the see the city afterwards where the cars are all on the streets and everybody's just screaming their heads off, like having the time of their lives. Shout out to Houston. It was a blast. Shout out the Astros. Um, can't wait to do it all again next year. Yeah, I like that. that. I like truth. that. Seriously, no. It. It's gonna be no, it's gonna be great. Like I'm 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 looking forward for that back to back. It's coming. I already know it's coming. But like you, you know, that's funny. We're we're it's funny that we're talking about this. Like, you know, we're talking about baseball, but you know, we've had enough conversations where I, you're you like we all love baseball to a degree, but I mean, boys, basketball, basketball is mm-hmm. where is where the heart is you know what i mean like that's that's kind of like the meat and potatoes like i i love baseball don't get me wrong and i love football to a degree but something about basketball man something about five on five like the like that's why like i always tell people baseball basketball are two different things like when you watch playoff baseball you hang on every pitch there's no time you have 12 minute you know 12 minute quarters in the nba you know when it comes to baseball it's like it can go as little as two hours and go as long as six and a half hours, like the 18 inning game. It just goes the length in which it chooses to go. Cause like when you're like when NBA plays, like you're only going like what, like if you're down 10, 15, you rattle off a couple threes and you're right back in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just a lot like that. And so. it's usually only going to last about two to three hours max. Exactly. Exactly. So let's let's talk about that now, Stoney. So I want to go back on your just your history, just as a sports fan. You, I remember you. We talked on and off about like how you're like a huge basketball fan, but like where did your kind of fandom in sports start? So I grew up in a household where we went to the early service at church on Sundays and got back early enough to watch the Dolphins because the Dolphins usually play at noon. My dad's born in Miami. He lived there for a few years when he was growing up and has always been a Dolphins fan. So that's the only team I was ever passed down not, mm-hmm. nothing from my grandpa nothing from my parent my mom's side like football and the Miami Dolphins specific was the only team that mattered is the only sport that mattered when Dolphins were playing we were watching and I adopted that obviously and every Sunday I'm usually watching the Dolphins at 12 it's it's a tradition like unlike any other in our household but 
my grandpa's a big baseball guy. He's a big Braves guy. Grew up in Alaska, listened on a shortwave radio 1957, became a Braves fan because Hank Aaron and the Milwaukee Braves at the time were in the World Series, which is the coolest thing ever. So grandpa's a baseball fan. Dad's a football fan. Growing up, I had the distinct need to be different. Uh, so basketball was kind of the next choice. Like I wasn't really a big soccer guy. I played it one time in like third grade and thought I was going to throw up everywhere from running so much. Um, so soccer wasn't it, but basketball was. I started watching basketball in 2003. So you can only imagine like who my favorite players are growing up. It's LeBron, Melo, D-Wade. So I never really had a team. Um, obviously, I gravitated towards the Heat because I was a Dolphins fan. So Dwayne Wade, Miami Heat, Shaquille O'Neal's there. It, they won a title three years later. Like it was, it was pretty easy to just root for the heat and root for Dwayne Wade. And then LeBron's growing up and Melo's growing up in Denver. And it's, uh, it was a cool time to begin watching basketball. We, I got to see the entire change of the NBA where David Stern's transitioning and trying to get more exciting people in because the early two thousands and the late nineties were probably like a cesspool to watch where games are like 75 to 80. Like I, and it was what, like that for a while. What do you mean? That, that was the most exciting time of NBA basketball. I don't Go know on. what you're talking about. With dude. a straight face. With a straight face, he says it. With a straight face. Right. Right. But a, 120 points a game nowadays is like way more exhilarating. And then when it comes to the playoff times, it's nut crunching time. And the guys are only scoring 99 to 105. Like the score gets down because the defense gets better, but players are better. Players have learned how to shoot more threes and, all that kind of stuff. But LeBron, Melo, D-Wade, that's how I got brought into basketball. Love Dirk Nowitzki because he's a tall, white, goofy German dude that shot funny. Like, as a seven-year-old, you, you're left to people that are incredibly athletic or weird people. Those are the people you're going to root for, essentially. So Dirk and then, um, yeah. So I kind of followed the Knicks once Carmelo went there and eventually started working for the Knicks wall, which is a big uh, – essentially Apollo for the Knicks. So same kind of thing. They do social media, blogs, merch, um, videos, all that kind of stuff. They mm -hmm. even make their own apps. They're, they're great dudes over there. So if you pay attention to Knicks basketball, I'd go tune into them at the Knicks wall. Um, so I ran their social media for a few years and watched terrible basketball for two and a half years and tweeted for them and all that kind of stuff. So followed along them closely and, um, I've just kind of been a nomad in the NBA. I've just loved basketball. I love the, I guess, the rhythm of basketball, the way it's played and the high-paced um, speed of play and all that kind of stuff. It's like it's a happy medium between baseball and football. So I think football is kind of like right in the middle where it's high-paced, but it's also slow-paced. Baseball is completely slow-paced and basketball is mm -hmm. high-paced. So how I got to Houston, though, is – 2003 2004 had a game boy advanced had backyard baseball 2003 2004 whichever one it was and jeff bagwell is in it and he stood funny like i said <laughs> yeah, you yes. root for the incredibly athletic guys or the dudes that do something weird Dirk bagwell. jeff bagwell stood funny when he batted on game boy so i was just like this is it i i love jeff bagwell and 2004 2005 obviously they're great so it's easy to be a seven eight nine year old kid that roots for a winning team and is different from everybody else because i grew up in huntsville alabama where everyone's a braves fan so i was like i'm an astros guy i like the astros that guy stands funny it's 
genuinely the only reason I became an Astros fan. And wow. uh, that that, that was it. the greatest origin story I've ever heard. Well, I, you, the fact that the fact that you mentioned, I'm sorry, the, I gotta say this: the fact that you mentioned Dirk and Jeff Bagel in the same sentence, like that was not on my bingo card on this pod tonight. But we're here. Welcome, welcome to the world of Stony, where nothing makes sense. <laughs> the land of the nomad, the yeah, bromad. So- the- I just like basketball. It's fun to watch. Like I had three games up. I had one on my iPad, one on my computer, and then I had the Rockets on the TV since we're going to talk about them tonight. So, What were the other games that you had on? I had the Celtics game on because I think they're actually really fun to watch, and I hate it. I think that's like <laughs> one team that I'm just like, I don't, I don't, I'm not supposed to like you guys. I feel dirty. Touche. <laughs> I'm it's also like watching the Jazz because the Jazz have been good so far. I'm, I just, I won't watch the Jazz. I don't think I ever have. I, I don't. I don't think I ever will. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Celtics game was on. Jason Tatum's a lot of fun to watch. I, I love watching Duke basketball, even though I'm not, I went to Mississippi State. So I'm not a Duke guy per se, but I'm a Duke guy because I love the villain. So uh, Jason Tatum's a lot of fun to watch. And him and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart and the chemistry that they have going. And they've, they've been good for a while and they kind of got over a little bit of a hump last year. So they're, they got a little chip on their shoulder, I think. And Jason Tatum's turning into like a, top five player maybe no say what's chest up yeah say what's chest up I, but i don't know <laughs> if that's with my chest i don't know like, it's, it's like a maybe it's a maybe yeah, yeah it's it's a, we got more I, to see we got more he's to hovering see. he's hovering he's hovering yeah. and then I, I obviously had the knicks game on um where they got shellacked by brooklyn for no absolutely no reason why is brooklyn oh shellacking any teams right now i don't know they won. No, that does not go good for the rockets fans that need the draft pick not <laughs> not too well <laughs> Not good. You have the like agenda. the next twenty of their picks. I think you'll be okay. Right, Same right. <laughs> no, no. I, I, and I think it's so interesting that you bring that up. You know, in terms of like being a nomad, I don't think we've ever had a guest on. We've had guests on that weren't Rockets fans. That weren't even Rockets fans. We've had guests on that like wrote for other companies but like weren't really rockets fans but then they'd want to talk about a certain player like we had matt isa come on who's not a rockets fan uh wrote about shane betty wanted to talk about the rockets so shout out to matt but like it was a great episode never, yeah oh thank you appreciate that oh see that <laughs> see we were like uh, but, but the fact that we've never had a, a nomad come on like and basically just love be a pure a purebred basketball head but like not favor any team like of course you grew up with miami obviously but like if I were to gun to your head right now, like Miami's not your favorite. Like that's not like the team you'll die with. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I'm about to move to Dallas, Texas. So I have a f- distinct feeling that I will end up loving the Mavericks because Luca's so incredibly good at the game of basketball that it's going to be hard not to root for him. Cause he's just so good, even though he's like arguing the, with the refs and complaining all the time and flops a little <laughs> bit, but like every time he touches the basketball, you kind of just have to like hold your breath and see what he's going to do. He's well, fun. The GM to watch. Loves, yeah. The GM loves Luca. Like you're I'm just a, a huge fan a, of Luca. I was a big Luca guy. But I wanted him to be on the a... Knicks. I wanted him on the Knicks so bad during draft night. I was like, oh, this dude, would be what, just what, a match made in heaven. What pick did y'all have in that draft? They had like the seventh or eighth pick or like to every lows, year, low. like every. Oh well, yeah, year. it was every year. Yeah. It was seven, eight, or nine. Is like they the, weren't ever going to get any higher. The Steph Curry year too. They were like a pick, one right pick away below. Yeah, they're yeah. like always like one pick because like they're not bad enough for. They weren't like bad enough for one. They were like, always they were... like if the worst team lost twenty three games, they won twenty seven. If the worst team won nineteen, they won twenty two. Like that's just how the cookie crumbled. Like they lost 
just enough. three less games than yeah. the next team underneath them. And then that they somehow fall down in the draft or they get their exact slotted like projected pick or whatever. So that's how the Knicks are. Um, shout out the garden, the best place in the NBA, but other than we talked that, about this, we suck. talked about, we talked about this, we talked about this and it's, and it's interesting that you bring that up because the, I, we've always talked about kind of, you know, wanting to watch it. And me and me and Justin's talked about this, wanting to watch like in the Mecca at some point in our lives to be able to get there. Like, and Stoney, you got to experience that firsthand. You know, I, I, I this is a Rockets pod, but you know what? We're going to let's nomad it up. Let's talk about let's talk about different. <laughs> let's talk about some different teams. Why not? You're only going to get your you're you're going to get your fix of every of every NBA team today. Well, maybe not every NBA team, but but some different NBA teams that are not Houston Rockets. Talk about that. You were at the Garden. You got to experience that firsthand. How was that experience in the Garden firsthand? Very few people, not very few, but at least people in Houston. I feel like not a lot of Houston Rocket fans have really ever stepped foot in the Garden. So from a Rockets fan's perspective, how was it kind of stepping foot in the Garden? Yeah, so for Rockets, I don't know how the Rockets fandom truly is at its core. I don't know if it's like do or die for the Rockets or if they kind of suck, they're just like, whatever like if we suck we suck we're gonna watch the games we're not gonna get too hung up over it whatever when you go to the garden it's it's different and and that's the truest way that you can explain it to someone that hasn't been there and hasn't experienced the new york fandom in person and i know we hate the yankees and i know we hate new york sports in general because we're not from new york and most people don't like new york sports fans all mm-hmm. across the country it's different. It, it has, and it always will be. And it's, it's hard to explain, but I went one time in 2015, sat like three rows from the top. Chris Depp, uh, Persingas rookie year. So Melo's still there. They played the bulls where Derek Rose is still on the team. Joe Noah was still on team. When it was time, it was electric, <laughs> but I was yeah. up top. So like, you can only experience it so much from the top. Mm-hmm. And then I went in 2019 in March, spring break, I went for a weekend or for a week, whatever it was. And I get there. It's a Saturday morning in the garden. The game started at noon Eastern time. So 11 a.m. Central time, God's time zone. Um, I walk in at like 10 a.m. to get in line and it's buzzing, like absolutely buzzing. And it's March for a team that I don't truly remember if it was 19 or 21 wins that year but the 2019 Knicks had the third pick in the draft that year. That was the R.J. Barrett, right? That was that yes, the R.J. Barrett? Yes, it was the Zion draft. Yes. Oh, yeah. wow. So they are shooting for KD, Kyrie, and Zion. In hindsight, thank God it didn't happen to them because that would have been even worse than what it is in Brooklyn right now. Anywho, in the garden, 10.30 a.m., you get in, and people are just yelling, let's go Knicks. And it's chanting throughout the garden an hour and a half before a game starts. There's just like one player on the court right now, like six coaches, one player shooting. That's it. And everyone in the gardens just chanting. They played the Kings <laughs> who also won 23, 24 games, whatever it was that year. De'Aaron Fox is like two, three years in, whatever, but there's no one good on the Kings either. The Kings have sucked for 25 years now. Like it seems like forever since they've been good. The Knicks haven't been good in, ages since 2013 Mm -hmm. that was the last Mm -hmm. year that they were like oh shit the knicks are here but you're in the garden on a saturday morning at 12 a.m game or 12 p.m game and it's the loudest crowd i've ever been to and i think i've been to so i've been to the garden i've been to memphis new orleans dallas miami and atlanta 
those are the places I've been. So not like hotbeds for basketball, but it's still quite a resume, I would say. And then I've been to the, oh, and I went to Brooklyn too. I was there for a, a week. So I got to go to Brooklyn and the garden that week. You got to Wait, oh, so you got to Barclays, right? Barclays? Yep. Barclays. So the Barclay energy was like yeah, a lot that? cooler, a more Brooklyn vibe. It was a ah, Brooklyn vibe. Fair Touché. enough. Touché. Fair enough. So it was vibey and fun and all that kind of stuff. The crowd was not there for basketball. Hmm. And they went, they went to the playoffs that year. That was D'Angelo Russell and the fun team that used to dance on the sideline oh, and all that kind of stuff. Yes, yes, yes. That Karis, was a good Karis, like Karis LeVert, LeVert and all that. Yeah, yeah that uh, Spencer, Spencer Dinwiddie. Sure. And Dinwiddie. That was actually a very yes. talented team, actually. A fun like, very team. Low key. Uh, that was when Jared Allen was still a uh, fledgling little like rookie, I think. Contract. Yeah. yeah. And that, that was a fun environment, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like a basketball fan environment where the garden you walk in and you're just in the Mecca. Like it feels different. Mm-hmm. I've been to Lambeau field as well for green Bay Packers. And if you're a football fan, like that's probably considered, I don't know if you call it the Mecca, but that's the one place in the NFL where you can go and you're like, this is history. This is, this is cool. Yeah. This is football. This is mm-hmm. football at its core. When you go into the garden, it is basketball at its core. I love that. That's, that's crazy. Considering, New York is quite passionate all around in all of their sports. So to hear, especially about the Knicks, a team that's been floundering for at least a decade, they have only been to the second round, like what, once in the past, like 25 years, maybe, I think. Yeah, since 99, maybe 2000. I don't even remember, but that's just so crazy to me. I love it, you know, because I mean, as Rockets fans, we want that kind of passion, but at the same time, Houston is just not the kind of city. You know what I mean? For basketball, basketball. You're going to see it all over Twitter, but you won't get that type of electricity in terms of uh, walking into Toyota Center, even during playoff games, man. I mean, not trying to like call out Rockets fans in general, but Mm -hmm. Kenny and I have been to playoff games and playoff games are, I'm not going to say that they're exactly the same as the regular season. I mean, obviously there's an uptick of electricity or energy is the right word but it's not like you go in and it's like, this is the playoffs. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't know how to explain that feeling, but the way you explain the Knicks and just being an MSG, I just feel like it's just kind of like, you know, it's like they call it almost like the church of basketball. You know what yes. I mean? So it's a religion. It's, awesome. it's a religion. Yeah. It's like, for, it's, it's religious experience for them. It's like New Yorkers. Like they, they appreciate that, you know? And you, and you saw the uh, the Twitter clip of Sidewall Talk last year after they beat the Celtics in opening day. Mm-hmm. And the, the Knicks fans are in the streets of New York City in Midtown just losing their absolute minds that R.J. Barrett hit a game-winning three against the Boston Celtics in game one out of 82. Like they just won a title. <laughs> I and love it. They're losing their minds. And Kevin Durant, are you wish you came to the Knicks? Like <laughs> losing their minds <laughs> over a game one, and it's the coolest thing ever. Yeah, like, I was gonna say, won't experience it anywhere else. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, I love the fact that you were, t- you know, that you were talking about like New York and like how, because to be honest, God, I wish, uh, you know, I wish, and we're gonna talk about this a little bit later. I really wish we can take that, the ask, like the the way that the 
Houston fandom treats the Astros. It's kind of similar to like how I'm hearing about New York. Like it almost like a spiritual experience. Like when you step foot in the juice box, like it's a different vibe than whether, you, you know, when you step in like NRG stadium, you know, I'm not hating on the Texans in any, in any way, or even Toyota center going and watch the Houston Rockets. It's almost like a spiritual experience when you go into the juice box, especially in the last like five or six years. I, I really wish that we can have that, that fandom that, that the, Astros have and just kind of put that in the box of Toyota Center I just feel like we never had like even there were there were even minute times in 2018 we had maybe the greatest Rockets team ever assembled outside the two championships hands down the the most winningest team in Rockets history and even then maybe outside of like the Warriors series it took time for these players to like get obviously into Toyota Center you know what I mean like it took them like which would actually lead perfectly into your other because you were actually talking about this you experienced the way that you kind of experienced um going into Miami and how you can kind of explain it on that end but so I want you to talk about your experience I I love the story I think this is a great story and I want you to explain to the people one time all right so we're, we're heading into Miami. We're going to Dolphins games. We have season tickets now, and it's a glorious experience for a Dolphins fan that grew up and got to do all that. So it's always been on my bucket list to go to, I guess, what it's called FTX Arena now, which rip in peace, um, FTX. I don't know if it's going to be able to be called that anymore because they died today, but whatever. Um, I now, so on Twitter, you see people talking shit about Miami Heat fans and how no one's there during the first quarter Mm -hmm. sounds like the rockets we left two hours before the game for a 30 minute drive mapped it and everything 30 minute drive it ended up being two hours and some change before we were able to park in a parking garage that i paid for before the game two blocks away from the stadium then you got to walk to the stadium it was a minute and change two minutes and change before I got into the stadium and we left an ample time to get there. Like even for Miami traffic, we left an ample time. And I now understand why there is no one in the stadium or in the arena through the first quarter. It's the worst location of all time for an arena that is going to hold 18, 19,000 plus fans. The worst location in Miami to have that. Cause it's like you come right off the highway and then everything goes down to one way streets. Like it's almost impossible to get it's in kind of downtownish Miami. And it just downtown Miami is great. If you don't have to be anywhere on time, <laughs> that's, that's what it is. God. And so, to a degree, that's kind of true. Right. And sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but like in regards to the rockets, right. In Toyota center, like, cause there's, it is, it's a rough location there too. Yeah. And he's exactly. Um, so it's hard to get there. The tickets weren't, terribly expensive it was the second game of the year it was on espn it was a friday night game against the celtics so the tickets are going to be a little bit more expensive and the crowd probably is going to be a little bit more lively than a normal regular season game against a non-rival but um i get in there and i'm like there's a lot of people in here like the concourse was just flooded with people the outdoors still had lines to get in when we got in like we went around the other side of the arena to get in quicker but Got in there. There's a lot of people in there. It's buzzing. Like, and the Dolphins are good, mind you. The Dolphins are good at football now. So there's people coming into the games. The traffic's a little more heavy coming in on Sunday mornings. Um, and the Panthers for hockey, also good at hockey. 
and they got a superstar, all this kind of stuff. So there, there's more traffic in Miami for sports and Miami sports fans are typically not there unless they're good. Mm-hmm. The heat teams, they've been to the Eastern conference finals. They've went to the finals in the bubble, all that kind of stuff. So they've been good for a pretty long time now. Like, I don't know. You can really say they've been really good since 2005. Yeah, it's true. And, and they've never been and bad. They've never they been, had, like, been there. They've they been had there. a really bad year when Dwayne Wade, 2008, I think it was two yes. years after the final, yes. really bad year. They got Michael Beasley third overall pick or whatever, second overall pick. But other than that, and mm-hmm. even after they lost LeBron, like they weren't like the worst. They, they still won 35, mm-hmm. 37 plus games. So it was surprising getting in there and hearing all of the things about Miami sports fans and Miami Heat fans in particular not being good and not mm-hmm. being supportive of their team. It was the second best environment I've been in in an NBA crowd. Wow. Wait, outside of New York. Yeah, you can't even compare the Knicks environment to anybody else in the Mecca. You just can't. So out of the other, I don't know, five, six arenas that I've been to, it's it's top. Top one. Like the been- environment the environment uh-huh. was lively. Like everybody was cheering, holding their breath for every three, even when it didn't go in and it's the exhale, the uh when it doesn't go in, <laughs> like all 18,000 or whatever they were holding their breath jason tatum every time he would shoot a three and every time it would go in because he he ruled that game every time kyle lowry shot a three there was like a oh no anytime Dwayne deadman (laughs) got the ball it was an oh no um it was fun it was a fun environment and i was incredibly surprised because we've been talking shit about the heat twitter and the heat fans for a decade now and it was mm. the exact opposite of what everybody says on Twitter. Unbelievable. So it's like the opposite, basically. The passion is in the stadium. It was the second game of the game. year against the Celtics on ESPN. I get that. So mm-hmm. maybe take it with a grain of salt, but it was the exact opposite of what I've been hearing for over a decade on Twitter. It's still only the second game of the season. I don't yeah, I don't care like of it, whether or not like it's that's like yeah, it, it could yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's still beginning of the season. Like, the fact that they're it's showing impressive. that's... Yeah, exactly, exactly. And on TV, too, like, uh, not you won't completely understand all the crowds unless you're obviously there and you can feel it in person. Um, there's very few, like, arenas that, like, can do that. Like, where you can, you can, you can feel, you almost feel it through the TV. Like, like the, the camera shakes. Like, for example, the Jordan bomb. You saw the camera shake. That's how you know. Like you can feel it through the lens of the TV. It'll be like, oh yeah, no, this is obviously you know big time. So okay, so I want to I want to take that opportunity, Sony. I want to take that. I want to transition into because you've been to Miami, you've been to a Miami Heat game, you've been to a New York Knicks game. Have you been to Toyota Center? That is on the to do list for twenty twenty three. Let's go. Okay, <laughs> so you're hearing it here first, Sony. We're gonna take you to a Rockets game. I'm all for it. Well, there it is. We'll do a little home and home. It, we'll do it's going to happen. Home. It's going to happen. Let's do it. No, happen. let's do it. We got to go to, uh, we got to do Toyota Center and then we got to go to, is it American Airlines, right? Yeah. In Dallas. It's, it's a decent environment. It's not the worst. It's not the best, but it's fine. And Luca place. So I want to see always Luka, fun when Luca plays. I'd, I'd be down to watch Luca for sure. I, w- I went in February and got to see Luca play against the Clippers on, I think he scored. 45 that night the night after he scored 50 the night before is pretty pretty decent something something like that something like that let's get some let's get some home and home cooking i'd be down for that like absolutely yeah we'll we'll do some home and home content it'll be fun 
Absolutely. Okay. So you, you so let's let's transition here because you were talking about you know obviously you know Miami, New York. Like when did the Rockets though? Like when did the Rockets kind of get on your? I guess radar that's a question. Yeah, get on your radar. I guess like when did they kind of like when did you when did you kind of start noticing them? I guess back to my uh, incredibly athletic or incredibly weird athletes, Yao Ming, T Mac. Touche. That's that's pretty much it. Like you have an abnormally large person when you're a five eight white dude that enjoys watching basketball. When you have an like a seven foot what seven six seven seven yep. Chinese yeah, dude, yeah, yeah, that can do incredible things on a basketball court with like no knees and no back, probably like pretty cool. And then T Mac, obviously, he's I had his shoes in seventh grade. Those were my shoes for the basketball season that I had played in school and. Yeah, at the Adidas with the straps on them. It was it was it was pretty cool. I felt pretty cool. Fun. Wore a leg sleeve and everything. Not a big deal. Oh, dude, um, absolutely. That was a, <laughs> that was the uniform, hundred percent, absolutely. Yeah. So that's kind of when they got on the radar. And James Harden, I didn't enjoy watching him the first couple of years that he was with the Rockets, and I I got over the whole bully into the lane, get fouled, shoot twenty free throws thing over and over again. But the step back threes, the the little cook and dance thing that he would always do, the big beard, the Mohawk, I don't know. James Harden was fun towards the end of the Rockets tenure before the whole mm-hmm. whatever you want to call that in 2019, 2020, whatever year that was, um, where he just kind of got fat and stopped playing, but whatever. Um, James Harden, <laughs> strip clubs. I don't know. He's entertaining. It was a it was, it was a brand. It, it actually was a brand. Like, yeah, like the, yeah, he, the he, he lived the he lived up to that brand. <laughs> he lived up to that brand out. That would certainly say so for sure. It was entertaining. It was. So the Rockets mm. have kind of always been on the radar. I've I've as you've already said, I'm a nomad, so I just kind of watch whatever game I want to watch. Like LeBron used to be appointment watching. Like you'd have to turn on the TV and watch LeBron play basketball because he was the best player on the planet and was incredibly fun to watch. Yeah, the Warriors watch ended TV. up. The yeah. Warriors ended up being must-watch TV because of how I know Rockets fans hate Warriors. I I know it. I'm sorry, guys, but the Warriors are probably going to be the best basketball team that we'll ever see in our entire lifetimes with I, Kevin Durant. I'm not gonna disagree. That, that, that's crazy to think, and that's the thing. Like. The, for the listeners that listen to us, they kind of know that uh, obviously at the thick of it, like in 2015, when we had that pseudo rivalry, but yeah. when you're kind of, when you're in the thick of it, you don't like them. But like now, like we can kind of step back and like see the greatness that's before us. I mean, me and the, me and Justin have said this time and time again, even on the, even on the mm-hmm. show, like if you to a degree can't respect the Warriors, like, uh, I mean, they're not even on our radar anymore because like, we're not winning anything. The only thing we're trying to win is ping pong balls. Like there's just no way you can disrespect a team. That's just that good. And they just play the right way on top of it. Like I can't I'll, hate. I'll compare myself to you guys. I I'm a Mississippi state guy, went there, graduated from there. So we have to play Alabama every year and Nick Saban's Alabama's teams for the last, I don't know how long it's been 2007 since 2009, Alabama has been the bread and butter of college football and everybody hates them. But they just keep. Winning. I think over the last like three, winning. four, five years, I'm like, look, dude, they're just so good. Like, enjoy Nick Saban while he's here because once he's gone, I don't know who's doing it after him. Mm-hmm. Which it's is the same true. thing with it's the same thing kind of with the Warriors with Kevin Durant. Like, it only lasted three years, but those two years where everybody was healthy and not fighting, 
Dude, oh my that was... God. What, what a game they played. What It, it was, was on a different level than every other team that's ever played the sport of basketball, including mm-hmm. Jordan. Especially just that first year. Different. Just that first year in particular. The yeah, because year. I remember, yeah, the second year, I know they went a lot more ISO, but I do remember that first year was just balls. like Balls bonkers, always moving. Basketball. Incredible yeah. help defense. And Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson just shooting everywhere. Yeah. It was fun. It was a lot of fun to watch. And I know for Rockets fans that are listening, you're probably wanting to punch me through the screen, your phone, whatever you're listening on right now. <laughs> But in five years, you're going to look back when the Rockets are good again, and you're going to look, and you're like, man, that Warriors team was actually pretty fun to watch, even though they killed me yeah. time and time oh, again. And I mean, I, I'm always the kind of guy to appreciate greatness, so I totally get it. Like, of course, as a Rockets fan, you're kind of just like, I can't stand them because they were the team that was always in front of us. I mean, I felt the same way in, like, what, like the early 2000s, like, what, 2007, 2009, when everyone kind of like disliked Kobe, but when I would watch him, I'd be like, God, I couldn't stand him. Cause he'd always beat us. But I understood like, yo man, this is like the closest thing we can get to MJ, you know, yeah. from, and so it's always a mutual type of respect. That's how I feel about Steph. Like I hate it because he's so good, but I understand that no one's ever going to shoot like him. Once he's gone, those guys won't exist anymore. And no one's able to change the game ever again. He literally changed it for the rest of the time. And mm-hmm. no one's going to be like, yep, we're going to slow it down. We're going to throw it into the post to the big guy and let him eat. That We're not going to do that anymore. Back. We're not going <laughs> to do that anymore. It's like well, semi-pro uh, where he's like just throwing it back and forth out of the post. We'll yeah. <laughs> it's like, just keep going, keep going. We're, we're no. not doing that ever again. No, never. And, and, that's, and I think that's really like funny because like, when we and like i think we're all like around similar age range like we grew up with kobe so like a lot of people wanted to shoot the kobe fade away a lot of people wanted to shoot the kobe mid-range and then the you know the whole kobe you know what i mean anytime you shot the ball steph curry now has impacted the game so much that i've seen enough basketball games now especially recreational games where people will just start chucking two dribble you know four dribbles ha 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 oh Half court, you know what I mean? Like they will, they will legit just shoot, and you just see so many people like that. Even, even to a degree when Lamelo was in like in high school, like Lamelo would shoot those ridiculous from half court. What, yeah, thirty foot threes, and I'm <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, you were influenced by Steph. Let's not, you know, let's call a spade a spade here. So that's why, that's why, you know, I understand like where you're coming from, and it's a good time, and it's a good time too because. The NBA now is like obviously being played in a lot in a different way. And our Rockets are really, you know, today's age and today's Rockets are we're trying to fit ourselves into this modern mold of the NBA behind, you know, Coach Silas, behind Jalen Green and Jabari Smith, the top two picks of the last two years, coupled with, you know, top five bag in the NBA, Kevin Porter Jr., in my opinion, in bag, <laughs> in bag. I think like in a in a in a you don't have to defend it. You're I think well, I Kyrie think Irving's probably not in the NBA oh. anymore. So maybe he snuck in there at five. There you go. See, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so in terms of the Rockets kind of trying to fit their way into this, you know, system, into this way that this NBA plays, like look, the, the Rockets are not they're more I you know, I call I've called them a playing team since before the season started, and I'm just shitting bricks right now because we're two and ten wait no two and two and yeah we're two and ten now so we're two and ten and and by the time we're recording this we're two and ten and we actually just lost so i actually do want to cover this loss right here 
So we did lose to the Raptors. It was a very hard fought game. Rockets lose 109 to 116. It was a, you know, it was a very tick for tack game. The Raptors' biggest lead was 12. Um, Alp was just a dude. And the backcourt, in my opinion, did not play very, very well. Uh, there was a lot of turnovers on that end. God bless Tari Eason. He was not able to make a layup. There was so much happening here, but <laughs> Justin, I want to go over. I want to go over to you first. Just what did you overall mm-hmm. kind of see from the game, the template that we saw from tonight's game? What were you impressed by the most? I mean, I love the energy. I mean, I'll say that this game was played at quite a tempo. I'll say that. And we were down what you said, like 12, 14 points at one point in time. And it didn't seem insurmountable considering the way that we play and we can shoot ourselves back into a game. It's just a matter of, if we shoot ourselves back into the game, could our defense keep us there is the question. And the one thing that killed us was second chance points, second chance points and points off turnovers were the two biggest things that occurred for Toronto. Toronto out rebounded us on the offensive boards, I think by like 12 to 14 rebounds. Mm-hmm. I don't know the exact number. I have to look it up, but their second chance points was just, it was ridiculous. I'm going to tell you that. I mean, Otto Porter's junior, Otto Porter Jr.'s threes, especially that one off the the first offensive rebound that got the lead from one to four, and then yep. eventually got it seven on the next three. Those are the backbreakers because we were right in the game. And unfortunately, this team doesn't have, I don't want to say backbone, but we just don't have the arsenal to take that last hit. Because if we come back, it's the it's the other hit after that that's going to knock us out. And unfortunately, this is just another product of that. But I mean, overall, you know, the effort was there. You know, KJ Martin was very impressive. Again, he was like a plus what? He was a plus 18 on the floor. I don't know if that's exactly misleading, but... Didn't he only play 13 minutes too? He played like 22, I think 22 okay. and a half minutes. So, I mean, he, he was impactful <laughs> to an extent. I mean, Garrison Matthews played three minutes and he was like minus what? Minus eight in three minutes. That's really impressive to do that in minimal time. <laughs> I, I could I could never. I could never. But, you know, Tori Eason was really good on the defensive end. He was hustling. He was able to get to the basket. It was just a matter of, you know, finishing. And unfortunately, the, the rim had the lid on it today, you know. Poor guy, like you said, Kenny, bless his heart. But I mean, overall, the performance was good. It just wasn't good enough. You know, Fred Van Vliet got anything he could he wanted. Kevin Porter Jr. struggles against point guards with size. And Fred Van Vliet has that extra girth to kind of push K- KPJ, you know, and it was just one of those games, you know. Um, but overall, I, w- I don't want to say that I'm not upset because I'm still a little, still feeling a little bit, but it was winnable. It was winnable. It was winnable. That's the problem. It was winnable. So, okay. So good, good stuff. Stoney, I want to, I want to pass it over to you now. Look, we talked about a little bit about the game, like before we had started this and you were about to, mm, about to break, (laughs) about to break my heart here. But overall, what did you, so dude, break his heart, break his heart, man. I mean, I don't know why we're talking. We're not talking about this. Can we stop? Can we stop? Okay. Can let, let the man speak. Stoney, what, so, you the first like chance you actually kind of got to like actually because you, you you've been really busy lately to actually have time to actually sit and actually watch the full game. So I, I want to hear from your perspective, like as a nomad NBA fan, how was it kind of getting to watch the 2022-2023 Rockets for the first time? So 
I had already talked to you all previously this past weekend when I was in Houston that I saw a lot of similarities between this team and the 2019 Knicks team. Mm-hmm. I'm going to retract that statement right now. Because the third quarter happened and the Raptors are going banana lands the first, I don't know, nine minutes of the quarter. Yes. And the Rockets fought back. Those 2019 Knicks, if they got down in the third quarter, it was going to be a 40-point loss no matter what. If they got down in the third quarter by 10-plus, they were not coming back, and it wasn't going to be close. So they they fought back against a very good team. The Raptors could be a top-three team probably in the East this year. Like They mm-hmm, just have true. six, seven, six, nine guys that can ball handle and play defense and shoot all over the place, except for Fred Van Vliet because he's the only point guard on the team and he's going to run into the ground because of it. But yeah, um, absolutely. yeah, I'll retract my statement of comparing them to the Knicks of 2019 because they're not. They're just not. They, they have fight in them. They have – I don't know if I want to say that they have that dog in them, beyond the diamond reference for Apollo there, but uh, – Nice plug. I think Tari Eason has that dog in him. But um, Jalen Green, fun to watch play basketball. Not going to lie. I I thought it was funny last year, this a few months ago, when Bill Simmons was talking shit about Jalen Green and the Rockets, and he's not our all-rookie team and all that kind of stuff. Jalen Green, fun to watch play basketball. He's good at it. Turns out he was like a, what, number two, number three overall pick. Like, yeah, he's going to be good at basketball. Yeah. Plain and simple. And – he was a young kid and he came out of Gonzaga and all that kind of stuff. But Jalen Green, what in the world? How does he do things so fast? How, do, how does that happen? That was my first note. Second note, Jabari Smith. Have we learned how to play perimeter defense? It appears no. <laughs> but I will say this is the first Rockets game that I've watched all year, so I don't know if that's a consistent factor, but uh, – I thought he played defense. That was that was one thing, but he made threes tonight. Congratulations, Rockets fans. I watched a game and Jabari Smith started making threes. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> I need more. I need more watches from you now. <laughs> Eric Gordon, why are we still on the team? Why, why do the Rockets still have you on the roster? I am not a Rockets fan. I am speaking from a, a completely objective point of view here. And if Eric Gordon, you somehow come across this. This is no ill will towards you, but you are 90 years old. And how are you still on the Rockets team? Tari Eason, <sighs> dog. He's, he fights. He mm-hmm. will rebound. He will play defense. He had, I don't know how many steals and how many blocks, but I was incredibly impressed. And I was like, I texted y'all in the first quarter before Jari, Jabari Smith started doing things. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's going to be really funny when Tari Eason's the best draft pick out of this past year's draft and i'll take that back because jabari smith's probably still going to be better once he puts on like 10 more pounds of muscle um yeah Tari i'll tell you Eason, this though, by the way by the, by the way by the way five five steals five steals five assists on uh tari eason the, and the, i think ooh, that one. yeah i think taylor tweeted out that he was like there's it's going to be this season some point before he has a five five game like five 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 game he has oh. five stats of five of those Makes stats sense Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Is that a quintuple nickel? I don't know how you say that. Um, nice. <laughs> I just came up with that on the fly. Tari's and fun to watch. Alperin Shingun, is that how you say it? Yeah. 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 Dog. Beautiful. Yeah. Dog. Yeah. What easily? What, easily. What have I been missing the last year? Like, why have I not <laughs> watched any Rockets basketball? They're not horrible to watch. Like, they're mm-hmm. actually yeah. entertaining because Jalen Green is like an athletic freak where he has 
I don't know if I want to compare him to him, but I'm going to do it. Young D Wade flash type of things where he's at the top of the key and all of a sudden he's at the rim dunking and you don't know when he took the steps. Like it happens that fast. Like he did one crossover and he's at the rim and he dunks. Oh, it's he's true. got all this it's hair. True. He looks cool when he does it. I don't know. Jalen Green, fun to watch play basketball. And I've been missing out. Jabari Smith is going to figure it out. He's going to be your power forward for the next 10, 15 years. He's going to make threes eventually. There's a lid on the bucket right now, but he made some tonight. Play some perimeter defense, and Jabari Smith's fine. Yeah. The footwork will get there. The footwork will get there. But he's an Auburn kid, and I'll knock him for that. Maybe he doesn't figure it out because he's an Auburn guy. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> oh zing. The, SEC, okay. the sec rivalry is real yeah y'all y'all have no idea what happens in the sec in houston y'all, y'all just don't understand you can't no, experience we are, it unless we you are uh, no it's, it's a world away it's world's away yeah. no it it's really different. yeah yeah no it really is okay i'll give my let me give my opinion stoney as as a huge jabari advocate and the uh and on twitter my my adopted son I will I will be honest with you. Overall during the season, like in the vacuum of the game, the defense wasn't good. In the overall season, the defense has not been good. I'll be honest. <laughs> with you. Like Jabari Smith, I expected better out of now. Granted, like look, like out of that's the game, not exactly what you want to hear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. The, and the vote of ex- confidence. The vote of confidence. No, no, but you know, I'm, don't worry. We're gonna get it back. We're gonna we're gonna bring it back around. It's okay. It's a father talking to his son of like, hey, you did wrong. But hey, we can get better. You can get better. You can. Did you it say out. the same thing to Jalen Green last year? I don't know how good Jalen Green was last year. Like so, you probably were like, dude, you're number two overall pick. You're probably supposed to come in here and get 15 points a night and just be fine. But that's dude, the thing. Like was... you know, I've explained this to people, and I've mm-hmm. said this time and time again. You know, like on the show, like especially last year when we had, you know, when we were getting used to Jalen, very few people come in and make that, you know, make that thunderclap like. Very few people have are Jordan and LeBron and Luca and can just come in and make an impact right out of the shoot. You know, P- players and rookies for the most part are gonna have on games and off games. And Jalen had more off games than on games the first twenty games of this twenty to thirty games of the season before he he had an injury in December, um, which kept him a sideline for a few weeks, and that was like his biggest stretch of injury. But that's the that's the comparison I'm trying to make. Like the only reason why I I'm a little frustrated with Jabari right now is that the only thing that shouldn't that shouldn't be lackadaisical is the defense. That's that's what should always be constant because you can control that. You can't at the end of the day, like if you're off, you're off on your jump shot. Like if you don't feel it, like you can't hit an ocean with a ball. You just can't hit an ocean with a ball. But you, the defense should always be there. And the fact that it hasn't been there is uh, it's it's bothered me to to a degree. But at the end of the day, like this is exactly the game in Jabari's mind. I can already tell it moves a thousand miles an hour. He needs mm-hmm. to slow the game down. Jalen is night and day from last year. You can tell he's calm. You can tell he's paced. He's paced himself. Granted, he had some terrible turnovers tonight, terrible turnovers where I'm just like, dude, you're running into three people. Like you need to figure out another counter dribble or kick it out, or you need to figure something out because, but then granted the Raptors defense was just fantastic. There's just a bunch of dogs and I, and I'll credit Nick nurse and the culture that he set. So he's a great coach. He really sets that culture for them. Um, it was a great game. It was a great game overall back and forth. Like, like the both of y'all said, and uh, yeah, Jabari is he's, he, he's, he's to be determined as of right now. And that's not a bad thing. He's going to get, like you said, he's going to get better. He's going to get better as time goes on, but Overall, though, like from the game here, you were talking about 
Tari Isid, you were talking about Alperin Shangun, you know, those types of players that impressed you. Who, Stoney, who impressed you the most? Who's the guy that kind of jumped out? I popped out of you and was just like, wow, like this is the guy. Like you've mentioned a few guys, but who's the, who's the one that really stood out? Shangun. His, um, I guess, tenacity on the boards and his ability to play defense and post up and kind of settle the offense down when he gets the ball. Cause it looks like everybody's running with their, like they're a chicken with their head cut off on offense a lot of the time, including Jabari and Tari. Like they're rookies. They've played what, 12 games in the NBA now? They haven't played a lot. And especially Tari, he plays like five, 10 minutes a night for the first time in the other games. And y'all were all upset on Twitter. I saw it. Um, so Shingun being able to play defense and box people out for the most part when the other three guys that should be boxing out aren't boxing out and he's having to box out two guys or three guys and fight for a rebound and his it's kind of uh Dennis Rodman-esque like his desire to fight for a rebound is was up there and then Jalen Green just being able to fly by literally anyone he wanted to on on a Raptors team who's probably going to be top three in defense by Mm. metric numbers by the end of the season like it's them in the Bucks when you really look at it. And maybe the Clippers, mm-hmm. if Kawhi can get healthy, no one else is going to be better at defense than those three teams because mm-hmm. they have all of these wings that can play every position and guard anybody that they want. The fact that Jalen Green was able to do those things. So those two guys are the only ones that really stood out. And then Tari Eason, just because he's like a madman running on the floor. He was a lot of fun to watch. But Shingun and Jalen Green – you, you got some two good good dudes to have on the roster right now. Mm-hmm. So if you're a Rockets fan, you have a glimmer of hope. You just have to wait because it's not going to happen tomorrow night or Friday night or next Friday night. It's going to take another year before you start seeing some like real progress. Tell the people, let them know, let them know, Stoney. Let them know. Cause it's- Patience. <laughs> you were just in the Western conference finals every year for, I don't know, three, four years. Like, and you had a top five NBA player at the time, like, yeah, and, and a, pro- a progressive coach that had a progressive offense. You you had all of this for a period of time, and now with the NBA, your period of time could be one year, based on NBA players' needs and wants to get the fuck out of a city and go to another one, and then do the same thing to them three years later. That's the reality we live in now. And when you have a rookie on his deal, you're going to be able to keep him. So you have Jalen Green, you have Jabari Smith. I don't know how old Shingun is or what deal he's on, but you got some dudes on rookie deals. So now's the time to build the core and create a culture where your team is going to want to stay and win together and for each other, as opposed to, I don't really want to work for it. I want to go somewhere else. You need more Dame Lillards in the league now. Yeah. So why, why can't the Rockets and Steven Silas and all these guys create the culture to where Jabari Smith and Jalen Green and all these guys want to stay in Houston because it is a big city and it's got a lot of culture. It's got great food and it does have great fans when everybody's good. The Astros have proved that time and time again, even though the country club atmosphere showed out last year, it did not show out on game six. Game six was rowdy. Game six was loud. How do you create that culture to where people are doing the exact same thing in Toyota center in the next couple of years because it takes time and you're going to have another guy to add this this summer maybe two because 
you have the Nets picks until the end of time. So you're, you're going to have success in the future, but yeah, the future is not right now. So enjoy the games, take what you can out of the games, take mm-hmm. the success from Jabari Smith and Jalen Green and all the young guys that you have on the team, watch them day in and day out and be like, they should probably improve on that, but they did this thing really well tonight. Yeah. Take solace in the good stuff. No, it's true. I mean, you always want to, especially in a team like ours, that's two and 10, you always want to look at, the positive sides as opposed to the negative because people can tend to look at something and look at a stat line and be like, Oh man, um, Jabari Smith was a negative, what 12 or negative 11 or something. And just think he just was not good on the court, which could, you could say is essentially true, but um, there were shots that he was getting that in my eyes were good shots. They're just not falling. And for some players, when that is happening, especially as someone of his caliber, other aspects of his game can, of his game can be affected, not just the shooting, but the defense, you know, the effort might not be there in terms of um, confidence, right? So there are certain players that uh, certain types of players that are affected when they're not playing as well. And I'm not saying that's not a way to discredit him. It's just more so kind of like, it'll get better. You know, there will be things that we will see that it's fine. Like, it's like if we were down three and Jalen Green took a contested three to tie the game and he was double teamed, I'm totally cool with that. Because you know what? Because if he is going to be Kobe Bryant uh, in that caliber, he's going to be taking those shots regardless. So why not start it in year two? Um, But I mean, unfortunately, a lot of people on Twitter tend to focus on a lot of negatives. It doesn't all have to be negative. I mean, we all have an opinion on Silas's rotations, which could be questionable. But tonight, there was no – I didn't really have an issue outside of sitting Shangun at the end of the game. That was interesting. Weird. Um, yeah. yeah, was, yeah. I wasn't completely a fan of that. Um, Tar Eason, too, man, even though they brought in Eric Gordon. Um, uh, I don't get it. <laughs> don't. I, I don't get it. Um, that's just my opinion um <laughs> silas dude i just i just i don't know anymore it's it, <laughs> hey, hey, rockets see, fans yeah rockets you can see fans, it take solace in that the kids played for i don't know eight nine minutes of the fourth quarter yeah they did yeah Tibbs yeah. isn't doing that in new york Tibbs will never <laughs> do that in new york so nope. you got you got to play the kids a lot more than any other team in the NBA right now. So good for you guys. Tibbs Tibbs <laughs> says f f them kids, man. <laughs> Evan not. Fournier, Evan Fournier, forever. Every, you know, he's, Fournier he's gonna now, play. Bro. He's gonna play forty eight minutes and just have a grand old time out there missing 17 threes a game. So <laughs> Eric Gordon would be a perfect fit on that team, actually. Gordon, enjoy. Go to what New York. You, what? <laughs> Is anyone well, a perfect fit on that next team right now? God. Well, Thibodeau, Thibodeau would love him. I'm just saying. He's a, uh, a salty veteran. I'm sure he'd play him 40 Thibodeau minutes. Even won a, he wasn't won anything. I don't know why he's still a head coach. He, his his days are numbered right now, especially after getting throttled by <laughs> It's interesting that y'all t- that that Justin, you talked about the the way that Twitter kind of operates and uh the way that the Rockets Twitter operates. Look, I mean, like we're really we're so entrenched in that and we have, we've made a lot of friends over rockets, Twitter and, and shout outs to all of our friends that we've made over that span of time. But Stony, you mentioned something very interesting. You, you were a part of Nick's Twitter for like an X, that X amount of time for a few years, actually. Um, and you built, helped build that following for that, for that, um, for that Twitter, for that account, for that organization. So like how was, so 
being a part of Nick's Twitter and kind of kind of being on the outset of Rockets, but you're still entrenched in Rockets Twitter. Like, give me, give me some of the comparisons. What are we looking at here in terms of how the, those these Twitter worlds of New York and Houston? Yeah, so as you heard earlier in the pod, I'm an Astros guy. We were at the World Series together and had a grand old time. So a consequence of being an Astros fan and following Astros people on Twitter is that they also happen to be Rockets fans for the most part. And right now being a Rockets fan on Twitter probably isn't very enjoyable for most people. But um, 2019, the Knicks are in position to get Zion Williamson. They have they tied for the worst record in the league with one or I think only one other team. The Pelicans are actually nowhere near the top three. When you go back to the lottery, they're supposed to get picked like ninth or 10th or 12th or something like crazy. And they jumped everybody. But the lottery happens and it's World War III because the Knicks were supposed to get Zion Williamson and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And the Rockets aren't in that exact same situation, but they were thinking they were going to get the number one pick. And when Hmm. the number one pick turned into the number three pick in a three-player draft where, as of right now, it's still a three-player draft. But when you look back on the Knicks draft in 2019, it was a two-player draft with another guy that happened to be in his own tier in tier two, R.J. Barrett. The Knicks were supposed to get number one, Zion Williamson. And at worst case, they got John Morant and finally got their point guard at number two. And now you look at John Morant and Zion Williamson, and you're sitting there as a Knicks fan, and you're like, why did this happen to me? RJ Barrett, great player. And he got, he got the money that he is worth. He plays great defense and he's going to score 19 to 24 ish points a game. And he's going to give you seven rebounds and he's going to give you four assists. It's a great player. It's a great player to have, especially on the contract. Now, as we're heading into the new NBA TV deal here in a couple of years, I think so that $20 million a year, $25 million a year is going to look like pennies especially in New York, like it's not going to matter. So when you look at that draft, the Knicks fans lost their minds because they got RJ Barrett, the ball hog, the guy that likes to shoot mid-range jumpers and can't make free throws and can't shoot threes and all these things. RJ Barrett has developed into a player that can shoot threes and he plays great defense and he can make free throws now. It's still not like a crazy rate, but he also plays on a team with Julius Randle. He's not going to see the ball as much as he should. So RJ Barrett's a great player and he's a great player to get at number three, the Rockets fans on Twitter all season long, Paolo, 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 Paolo all year long. And I was right there with them. I was like, that would be fun. Jalen green and Paolo that that'd be a fun team to watch. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I'm not a Rockets fan, so I don't understand the pain and I don't see the hurt and not getting the number one pick, but then draft night happens and you're all like, God, dude, we're sitting pretty. We're getting number three. We're going to go Paolo. They've already announced all the picks eight hours ago, which is the most incredibly funny thing that I've ever seen on Twitter is Woj just tweeting out the top three seven hours before the draft started. And then it's Woj. And then it wasn't <laughs> right. Yeah. And then it wasn't right. So yeah. that Rockets fans, you are not New York Knicks fans. Have some wherewithal. Calm down. There's the word. There it is. It had to come in at at some point. (laughs) Uh, Rockets fans, you got a great player. Jabari Smith was number one on most people's boards. Mm -hmm. He was. He just simply was because of the potential that Jabari Smith can have. This year, he might only average 15 and like eight and shoot 33% from three. And you're going to be like, what what did we do? It's his first year in the NBA, and he's a power forward slash center, stretch five. 
he needs to build a little bit of muscle. He needs to play in the NBA because he played at Auburn. Like, it's not, <laughs> like he, he didn't play in the ACC. Like the SEC isn't, it's not the same in basketball. You have Kentucky, you have Florida. Bama's okay now. Um, that's about it. Tennessee's not very good. Kentucky hasn't been good for a number of years now. Yeah, it's been a while. The yeah. SEC is not like Auburn is now the powerhouse in the SEC, and you can get away with a lot of games there in the SEC. So he isn't playing top-notch talent every night. Yes, he's good. Yes, he played a lot of good games, and he's a great college player. He's going to be a good NBA player. How good? I don't know. But he's mm. good. So stop acting like Nick's Twitter because you're not, and you shouldn't be. No one should ever strive to be like Nick's Twitter because it is a cesspool that no one should ever belong in. It's horrifying. <laughs> it's a horrifying place to be in. And Rockets fans, and that from what I've seen, and I follow a number of Rockets fans that became Astros fans because the Astros are good and it's in Houston and it's fun to root for the winning team. I get it. But you're basketball people. Just understand that R.J. Barrett is a good player. Understand that Jabari Smith Jr. is going to be a good player because he was the number three overall pick in a three, maybe four-person draft. Maybe. Yeah. With mm-hmm. Jaden Ivey. You're going to be okay, guys. It's the 12th game of the season out of 82, and you shouldn't really want to be winning games right now because there is an alien in France that everyone is gunning for. Just... Just watch the game and enjoy it. You never know. Just watch and enjoy the good parts and don't get too hung up on the bad parts. Jalen Green is going to be good. Jabari Smith Jr. going to be good. They are good basketball players. They play for a bad team. So shut up. Enjoy the player because you're never going to get Paolo. He's gone. He went to Orlando. (laughs) He's gone. Zion's in New Orleans. Paolo's in Orlando. Calm down. And enjoy your player because I see Kenny. He's already got the jersey hanging up in his room. Like, just enjoy the player while you have him because you don't know how long he's going to be there with the new NBA. I I repeat, Stoney is a dog. Talk <laughs> your shit. I love it. <laughs> just everybody, calm down. That I I get frustrated when I see Twitter. I'm yeah. just like, yeah, what, what are we doing here? Why, why are we arguing about having Paolo over Jabari when you had no shot at Paolo because he got taken two picks ahead of He's where you had number three. Exactly. There's no reason this. to be like super upset. I mean, I was a Paolo guy and everyone you know, should like, have been a Paolo guy. He was the best guy in the draft. <laughs> yeah. See that that's, that is the thing that a lot of people two out of three people. Like, two out of three people. No, what? No, uh, no, no, no. 90, I'm, I feel like 90% I am, have wanted Paolo. It's overwhelming. Everyone yeah, wanted Paolo. Of course, his his talent was so tantalizing. But, you know, there's no reason to whine because he was taken for us. Like, we were like, what is there to complain about? You know what I mean? Um, but I get it. You're correct. Absolutely. I mean, there are a lot of fans who have already given up on Jabari Smith. And I'm just like, dude, what? Oh, I know <laughs> what, some really? of them already. I'm just I already like, know some of them. but why? You well, know, name I mean, names. No, no, no. Don't name no. names, but people I know have already given up on him. That's why when he does well, you better believe Lex Luthor is going to be waiting in the wings. Like, I am waiting. I have tweets in the freaking bank ready. Like, it is coming. Like, I just, it's, it's just insane. Like, 
that's the thing. And and I've I, I have I have preached this time and time again. You're hearing this from a guy that is not even a Rockets fan. Like he's like he's genuinely not a he's not you know he's not a crazy Rockets fan like me and my brother. Like we love the Rockets. Like Stoney's just he's a guy that loves basketball, and he's telling everyone that's listening that Green and Jabari are great basketball players. That's actually like that's great to hear. Actually, makes me feel better because it's like some guy that's not a big Rockets fan to be able to say that like, that's, that's dope. It makes me feel like, okay, cool. We're not the only ones that we're not, we're not lensed with this, uh, this bias lens of wanting to root for our guys. You know what I mean? Like these are actually decent, very good to very good basketball players. That's why I'm, that's exactly what I've been saying. Stony Tucker shit, man. Let, let the people know. That's the thing. Like it's, it's, it can get ridiculous from time to time. And, and I'll be honest with you there. Absolutely. It took RJ Barrett two years to be a good basketball player, a good NBA basketball player. Mm-hmm. Took him two full seasons to be decently good night in and night out. I don't know how long it'll take Jabari. It could take 30 games. It could take two years. It could take forever. I don't know. But from what you see on the court, night in and night out with him, I've watched clips that tonight was the first game that I actually watched. So take this with a grain of salt, guys. But 12 games in, the first quarter, I was. I was I was about to just throw him in the dumpster and just not have to worry about it. I was like, yeah, you know, that's that's a wasted pick. You know, you can't do anything about it. After the first quarter, Jabari Smith settled in. Granted, he didn't play perimeter defense, but he rebounded the ball. He was scoring. He made a few threes. He put some points on the board. So everybody calm down. He's not going to put up 20 and 10 every night. He's not Hakeem Olajuwon. He's long gone too, guys. Everybody calm down. <laughs> God, you love to hear it. God. Yeah, yeah, no. And Rocket Twitter, I love you, but I also hate you immensely. (laughs) It's a a, a love-hate relationship amongst the whole community. And somehow I got drawn into it, but it's all right. Stoney, you are, uh, you're you're, you're entrenched. You're you're, you're with us now. You know, you're with uh, the Summit, Apollo Apollo NBA. You're just, you're in it, man. You're in it. You're in it to win it. Here we go. (laughs) Look, I'm going to come on. I'm going to watch like at least two more Rockets games this year. (laughs) <laughs> one of them no. being in person uh hey, no hey, we I'll, I'll tune it. into rockets games i'll put it on the ipad or something i'll put it on the small screen i'll have it on more hey, often a not every is, night yeah a screen's a screen i'll take i'll take i'll take any screen especially wherever. when they play good teams i like to watch the good teams and i coincidentally have to watch the bad teams which sometimes will involve the rockets speaking so, of which yeah go ahead no I, that's it that's what i was I'll, saying I was gonna say we play the Warriors on a Sunday this month. Yeah, it's, it's right. It's uh, November the twentieth. We play them. Okay. I think it's at is at home or is at Golden State. I think I it's a, no. It's at home because I think it's people are gonna go to that game. I think people are gonna try to go to that game. Yeah, yeah. because they play them away on like December third. That's the same. That's the same uh, day as um, your wedding. You've got Sony. you've got the the Pelicans coming up on Saturday. Got the Clippers, the Mavericks. You got three good games in a row right there. Maybe I will be watching the Rockets a little bit. Eddie, there the you Pelicans go. game is uh it's certainly exciting. You know, we have a Rockets watch party for this upcoming game against the Pelicans. So whoever's listening, make sure to show up to Ingenious Brewery and um try some summit red alert for you guys. You know, it'll be exciting, it'll be fun, and maybe we can sneak a win, or maybe not, because we're tanking for Wemby. We're not tanking. Yeah. We're not purposefully losing. Okay, I'm not. Gonna I didn't get into say this. purposefully. I'm not gonna get I didn't into say this. purposefully. 
Tanking is one thing. No, if you're saying tanking, which means you're losing on purpose, we are not tanking. If we're losing, we're just losing. We're obviously not tanking. If you want to tank, you sit we're green just, and KP in the four. We're just not good enough, and that's fine. But we can you've, win. You've got two good players, uh, number three overall draft pick that hasn't figured it out yet, and then a dog in Tari Eason, and then that's that might be it. That just might be it, guys. And you can't win an NBA game with two good guys, a potentially good guy, and a dog. And, and a dog. <laughs> and a dog. There, oh, there's man. 15 guys on the roster, 13 that dress every night. You need at least like eight eight dudes. Solid eight. Yeah, a solid, sol- eight, a sure. solid eight. To, get well, away to with win. Seven and make the playoffs or the play-in or whatever. But Rockets fans, yeah. it's going to be a long year, and it's going to be okay. So just watch the good stuff. Have fun with uh, the good stuff. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Stony, I, w- I want to get ready to go home here, but I want I, we can't go home. Obviously, I just want to ask you one more question. Obviously, before we go home here, look. But first, first and foremost, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate you just you know getting to come on here and getting to meet us at the summit. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I've been wanting to do. You know, we we talk about. You know, we love. First of all, we love being in Apollo. We just love being a part of this media company. It's been so great. We are going to do, I'm going to dedicate a full month where we're just going to bring on Apollo members from across the board. I want I want to bring Garrett and Noah. I want to bring the film fellows on at one point. I want to bring Dex. I want to bring Beyond the Diamond. I want Brian and Des to come on from the most randomness. And Stoney, I need you front and center for all of this, man. We're going to have to bring you back at some point, but I can't do this without going home here. Out of everything that you have seen, out of every, every, because you, you are, you are truly your namesake. You are the nomad of the, of basketball. Honest, honestly, if, if on your death, it, on your deathbed, who would be your favorite basketball player? Hands down. If you could pick one player that you would love to watch dead or alive, who would it be? Like. Can I can I give two answers? One that I've seen and one that I wish I got to see. Let's do it. And then I'm gonna ask Justin the same question. Let's go with that. Okay. Um, it's tough. I, I've watched a lot of good basketball. Like I started with the LeBron era, but that coincidentally incides with the Kobe and Shaq era a little bit, and then the Kobe era after that. It's maybe a little biased because I watched them more than anybody else, but Dwayne Wade. I respect it. Dwayne Wade was in his prime from, I guess you can call it 05 to 2009. His 2009 season was the only season that we've seen in the last, I don't know, 22 years now, because since Jordan retired, basically. Mm-hmm. Or whenever, like, whenever Jordan won Jordan anymore, the last title, 98. Since then, there's only been one season that can compare to any of Jordan's seasons, and it's Dwayne Wade's 2009 season. Look it up. Like, it's the most incredible thing that we've seen from a shooting guard. Kobe had his, I don't know, 36-point season, 35-point season, whatever it was. But yeah, yeah, he didn't have the other stuff with it, and he didn't have the field goal percentages that go with it. Like, Dwayne Wade in 2009 was probably my favorite player to watch. And he, he gets up on the scoreboard and goes, this is my house in the L Heat jersey. Uh, I don't know that I remember that's, the, I remember that's my guy. That's my guy. Dwayne Wade's my guy. He will always be my guy and a shooting guard that can do it all. 
can play defense. He can post up. He can shoot the mid-range. He'll dunk on you if he wants to. That that was it. Dwayne Wade, 2009, prime D-Wade. Mm-hmm. A player that I never got to see in its, in its prime, it's, it's tough. But I think I have to go Jordan. Because, because everyone will tell you that Jordan is the GOAT. And I can't say mm-hmm. that he is because I didn't get to watch him play. Mm-hmm. LeBron is my GOAT because I got to watch him play. He's the GOAT of this era, LeBron is. I mm-hmm. won't say that he's the GOAT overall because I didn't get to watch the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. I only started watching in 03. So I think Jordan would be the answer that the, of the player that I didn't get to watch because of how magnificent and how he floated through the air, all these descriptions that you hear about Jordan when you're growing up, like my dad tells me, he's like, oh, Jordan was different. I'm like, do you watch basketball? I, I don't <laughs> think he does. Like maybe Jordan was different, but like you don't watch basketball currently. So I, I can't take your word for it. So Jordan would be my answer that a, of a player that I didn't get those seat. He'd be more for like <laughs> judging sake. Like, like he'd have a, like Stoney would have the notes in hand. Like, all right, let's see. Let's see what you got, son. <laughs> like, he tells me all these stories about Dan Marino. and like every game in the fourth quarter, they'd be down 21 points. And he's like, well, we were never out of it because we had Dan Marino. I'm like, that must be the coolest thing to ever see. It's true. And I can take his word for it because he watched every Dolphins game mm-hmm. for how many ever years in a row. Like he got to see Dan Marino just make all these comebacks. I never got to see Jordan float the through the air or be the clutchest person of all time. Like I got to see Kobe do it. And Kobe's probably the closest person that we've had to Jordan, but yeah, it's true. I never got to see Jordan in his prime. I got to watch him in 2003 when he was a corpse playing for the wizards, but it's different. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that, 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 yeah, that, that was, that, that was, that was no, Jordan as the, not the, move. As the shell of himself. Okay. Okay. All right, G- Justin, over to you. Favorite player? Oh. Give me your favorite player that you could choose to watch all time, and then your favorite player that you didn't get to see. I mean, if I, I, we are a Rockets podcast, but I'm not going to pick a Rockets player. There you go. Ooh. Let's go. I'm going to go Kobe Bryant. Spicy. I loved watching Kobe. Like I did. I absolutely adored it. I adored him, even though I hated him. I absolutely adored watching him play. Like every time I'd, I'd watch him. I was just glued to the TV and I hated the Lakers. It was a very weird relationship, but I was the guy that was just truly appreciative of his talent and his charisma and what he brought to the game. If I had to pick any player that I could watch um, that I'd never, ever got to see it's between two guys, but I think I've seen enough highlights of this one because I could have went magic, but I've seen enough highlights. I've I've barely seen anything about Pistol Pete Maravich, but my dad talks about Pistol Pete Maravich like he's the greatest point guard of all time. And so the way my dad would talk about him is always something that always has, um, had me curious. So if I could see what he saw in terms of what he saw when he was young, I would love to see that. And he's someone that not many people talk about, but Pistol Pete was a dude in the 70s. He was that dude. He was kind of like Barry Sanders, though. He only played a number of years, though. He didn't yeah, play he a long played time. Very, like very nine years. Time. Yeah, something nine, like that. Years or he something. He wasn't a decade. I don't even think it was a full decade. And he, and, and he played. He played for the Jets. Crazy, you know the irony that's, of it all. That's a shame. And that was when they were in New Orleans. 
Yeah. Well, that, that's the real jazz. That's the yeah, only exactly. jazz I recognize. Exactly. The origin. Because who the hell plays jazz, jazz in Utah? What a joke. No one. I don't think they, anyone plays the saxophone. They don't listen to music in Utah. in Utah. I don't think. I think it's forbidden <laughs> by the Mormon re- religion. That's what, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> All right. So, okay. I'll, I'll end this here. Okay. I guess for me, favorite player watching. Oh, okay. Yeah. I picked Kobe, picked D Wade. Great choices. This isn't, you know, this is going to sound weird, but. Yao Ming was just a beast in his prime, and I got to I got to catch like two of his games, and he was like borderline unstoppable at one point. Like he had the Shanghai Shake, like he was just you know he had so many jokes, the Great Wall, like he was so dominant. He had that finite amount of years where he was just unstoppable, and it was just such a joy to watch. Like I was, and I'd see him, and I remember his his warm up so vividly. He would run up and down the court. He'd go from uh base the baseline of the front court all the way to baseline of the half court, and he would just do it like twenty times. And every time I watch it, I'd be like, "Big man, are you trying to get loose? But come on, man, I can't have you too tired. We need you ready for the game, and here you are running suicides." I'm like, "Come on, bro, calm down, you know." And uh, so Yao Ming was probably gonna be my pick. I think it'd be tied between him and James Harden. Just watching Harden in his prime was just. It was nasty. It was nasty watching him in his prime. It was unfair. I felt like I should be arrested watching this man play live. But the one player that I never got to witness, and I did get to witness, I have his jersey. Get, I'm going to get it. Give me one second. I wonder which jersey is. Honestly, I, I don't even remember. I'm going to throw my wild card out while he's getting that. I, I would have chosen Magic Shaq from the 90s as my other player that I never got to watch. Ooh. Dude, oh, uh, a... Yeah. Yeah. I heard he was a monster. He was. He a monster. was, man. That was a different level of athleticism at that point in time. All right, Except so for, for yeah, no, easily, easily. Okay, so for me, it's uh, and and I don't know if all fans are gonna get this, but even if you don't, oh, I know, I know who this is. I know. Who God this bless is. you. I know who it's this dra- is. It's Drazen. Okay. It's Drazen Petrovic. Drazen I Petrovic. I don't hate him. <laughs> I don't hate him. I don't hate it. So hate okay, it. yeah, right. No, no, it's yeah, and and he was. He was a dog. He was an absolute dog. He was the Croatian sensation. He was just a, he was a killer. He went toe to toe against Jordan, Reggie Miller. And like, they all like tipped their hat off to him. Dirk Nowitzki sent calls him and the dream team, like one of his biggest inspirations. He would drop 40. He dropped 40 on Jordan. He dropped, he dropped 35 on Vernon Maxwell, who was hands down one of the greatest, um, one of the greatest guards at that time or like defending guards at that era. Like the fact that he was able to do that and do it and talk shit in the process in like two or three different languages was incredible. So like the, if I could see that live, I'd be like, yes, please talk shit to Vernon Maxwell. I got to see this. So, you know, th- those would be those would probably be my two picks. I, very unorthodox picks, but I, I got to go with my pick. Drazen Petrovic, I have his jersey. He's one of my favorites of all time. So, well, let's go ahead and end here. Stoney, it's been an honor and a pleasure just getting you to meet us at the summit here you know, for the, for the first time and definitely not the last time we're going to definitely have to be getting you back on more frequently. And we definitely plan on that in the future. Um, Stoney, let, let the people know where they can follow you. Yeah. So uh quick debrief Rockets fans. Sorry for talking about the Knicks and the heat and every other team under the sun more than the Rockets tonight. Now that you've got my backstory, the next time I come on here, it'll be solely Rockets. We don't have to talk about the NBA stuff. We can, we can focus on the Rockets, but uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Apollo Stoney. 
Um, make sure you follow Apollo at Apollo HOU. Tune into all their podcasts. Uh, we've got some really big things coming up for Beyond the Diamond. If you're an Astros fan, um, postseason, the the extravaganza that happened after the World Series. Um, we got some really good things in in mind. We've got merch up in the store if you're an Astros guy or if you're a Rockets person. Um, we've got a really cool Shingun sweatshirt up. I don't, but uh, Roberto made it's it's really cool. I even almost bought it, and I'm not. As you've listened on this podcast, I'm not a big guy on the Rockets. So it was a really cool design and Shingun's a dog. So maybe I will buy it. Um, that's at Apollo HOU.store. You can turn into Kenny and Justin's postgame blogs on Apollo HOU.com. We're going to have some Dallas Stars content if you're a hockey person, since they're the only hockey team in Texas. Um, obviously, pop culture, NBA, all that kind of stuff. We're going to have all that going, but tune into everything Apollo. There's a lot of good things coming. 2023 is going to be really, really big. So stay tuned. Uh, enjoy the Rockets goodness and don't get down on the badness. I keep saying it and I'm going to say it till I can't say it anymore. Rockets fans, it's going to be okay, guys. It's going to be okay. I promise. Talk Love them off it. the ledge. Talk them off the ledge. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, give them the sign off one time. All right, guys. So follow me at jp underscore marabueno on twitter follow the podcast and follow the podcast on twitter and tiktok at summit s-o-m-p-o-d follow us on instagram at summit state of mind underscore p-o-d follow our group our people our family at apollo nba and at apollo h-o-u there you go everyone tap the follow button each and every single account right there. Make sure you leave a five-star review on this podcast as well, because it's the best Rockets podcast that we have out here. So I appreciate that. That means a lot. No, it really does. It really Thank does. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, yeah. And oh, speaking of merch, by the way, we do, do have this as well. Uh, I, did, I did just get the hoodie. This is uh, ah, the Jalen Green, the Rising Sun shirt. Yes, yes. Made by Berto. I'm trying yes. to get a good view of this. Yeah, I, I can't seem to get it perfect. But yeah, go check it out. We have it linked up in every <laughs> every episode that we have. We have the merch up. We have the website up there as well. We appreciate you all listening in. And of course, we appreciate you, Stoney, for coming on our show. First guest we've had in, in a minute. So we're very thankful to get you on. Thank you for coming on. And a big shout out. And thank you to all the Rockets fans. Uh, so yeah, let's go. Let's go Rockets. Let's go Apollo HOU. Let's go everybody. We got this and uh, appreciate you coming on. Thank you, Stoney. Yep. See you, boys. The Summit for, 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 for Life.